Oh, that was different walking up there. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got a wedding this week, which is cool. So um, it was the catalyst for the change. But welcome, everybody. It's so nice to see you all. It's really nice to see you all. It's a little bit empty today, but that's um, quite common at the beginning of January when there's still a lot of people away. But praise God, we've got 2022 ahead of us. Uh, thank you, Pastor Matt and Darcy and um, Chris, wherever you are, for the praise and worship this morning. That was really awesome. It's so nice. It's so wonderful to be in the presence of God, isn't it? Isn't it lovely? I love that. The presence of God, that's where we find joy. And in these times, we, that's, that's where we need to be, is in the presence of God. And we enter his gates with thanksgiving and, and go into his courts with praise. And I really like that song that we were singing about, Into the Fire, the, the one where we're standing, Jesus is standing next to us. And it reminded me of um, Daniel with the, um, the book of Daniel, I mean. Hold on, let me just get the right page. The four people that um, wouldn't bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar and they got thrown into the fire because they wouldn't bow down. And he was in a rage about that. And I just thought, wow, that's, I just thought about that and I thought, gee, these guys were bold. <laughs> oh my gosh, they, there's a lot of people that would have succumbed to the pressure and bowed down to that, wouldn't they? You're either going to bow down or you're going to be thrown into that fire. And, uh, and yet they said, this is so amazing, they said, because King, King Nebuchadnezzar said to them, if you do not worship, you shall be cast, worship me, he's meaning, at the, the golden statue, you shall be cast into the fiery furnace. And they said, we don't have any need to answer you in this matter. Because they said, if that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Isn't that cool? And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. <laughs> wow, that's so bold. And then they said, but if not, but if not, they're still, they said, but if not, we're still not going to bow down. They said, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you've set up. That's amazing, eh? And then they got thrown in. The people that threw them in died. And uh, Daniel 3, verse 25, the king said, um, I see four men loose. There was only three that were cast in. And it says here that the fourth is like the Son of God. So Jesus was standing next to them. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. Well, Father, I just thank you for your love for us. I thank you, Father God, that we begin a new year. And when we start a new year, Lord, it's a, it's a time where we can look with optimism and, and with joy in our hearts, Father, for what we have in store, what you have in store for us and what we have to do for the year. And so, Lord, we thank you, Father God, for 2022. We declare it shall be a year of blessing we declare it shall be a year of life. We declare it shall be a, a year where we're awake, Father God, where, we are, where we're strong, Lord, where we're full of joy. We declare, Father God, that it's a year, Lord, where people will be healed, Father God, where 
where lives will be set free, where people shall be delivered in Jesus' name. Praise God. So I've titled this message, My Grace is Sufficient. You know, at, at the start of every year, not everybody does this, but quite a lot of people do. It's where you can reflect on the previous year and, and you think, okay, what, where am I at? What do I need to be doing differently? What do I need to change? Where do you want me to go, Lord? That kind of thing. And sometimes we set goals at that point as well. And, I, and as I mentioned before, I spoke last time in December about the importance in these times of retaining our joy and making sure that we're full of joy no matter what we're facing. And it actually, that kind of joy doesn't make any sense in the natural realm, eh? It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. Because in the world, people are swayed by things that go on around them and, and their own feelings. But uh, the joy of the Lord is not influenced by our feelings. It's a different thing. And that's where we find our strength. And so we're all facing challenges of various kinds. Every single one of us is a little bit different. But we all face them. The cool thing about being in, in a church family, though, is that we can support each other and face them together. And, and we can look at making goals together and, and decisions. And, but there are some things that we need to remember. And I just thought, let's start the year off just reminding ourselves of some of the things we need to make sure that we're remembering. And one of them is to count it all joy. James said in James 1, 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean count it all joy for the trials. Don't get that confused. You're not saying, thank you, God, for the trial. No way. <laughs> it's not God that does that to us. But it does say, remain joyful when you face trials. Okay? Now, joy, as I mentioned last time, is a deep-seated sense of well-being which no outside circumstance can alter or affect. Wow, that's, that's powerful. It's only found in the presence of God. And we only get into God's presence when we spend time thanking him and praising him and worshipping him with no outside distractions. It's when we still our mind and our soul. Sometimes it means we need to just go somewhere and spend some time with God. It's really still in here at the moment. And I love that. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to do that, though. And it's a step of faith as well. Because things can be going crazy around us. There can be all sorts of things that we're facing. And so that's when we have to make a sacrifice of praise. We make a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So in other words, dwell in that place. Make it regular. Do it all the time. The second thing that we need to remember is that we're, we're actually walking by faith. The whole Christian walk is a, is a walk of faith. And in 2022, we need to step out in faith. We don't want to be in the same position that we are at the end of 2021, at the end of 2022. We want to be 
where God wants us to be, don't we? And so to, to be able to get to that point, we need to walk by faith and step out in faith. And I'm talking about as individuals and as a church as well. So our, go- our goals might need to be bigger, you know? Sometimes stepping out in faith puts us out of our comfort zone. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, being out of our comfort zone. It can be quite frightening, a bit scary. But if sometimes our, our goals need to be bigger than what we're thinking, and we need to take a much bigger step of faith, a much, much bigger step than we'd originally thought. You know, the Bible says that God declares the end from the beginning. That's in Isaiah 46.10. And it also says that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, in Revelation 22.13. If we knew the exact timing of everything in our future, imagine if we did know that, we wouldn't actually really need faith, would we? We wouldn't need faith because we'd already know. (laughs) We'd know exactly how it was going to play out, so we'd be, oh, no, it's fine. It's all good. We don't need faith. But because we don't know the future exact timing, we must step out in faith. And you know, God even says this. He says, Hebrews 11, 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible, impossible to please him without faith. So what do I mean by that? I, I mean, it's, it's taking a step out into the unknown. It's taking a step out into the unknown. So we need to make sure we're counting it all joy. We need to make sure we're walking by faith. And we need to make sure we have the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He's, he's God. He is, he's a powerful, powerful. He, there are gifts of the Spirit. There's so much that the Holy Spirit leads and guides us and teaches us. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. So when, <clears throat> when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you receive power from God. And it's a power that doesn't make any sense. Have you noticed there's a common theme here? None of it makes sense to the natural man. God doesn't make sense to the natural man because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so our little puny way of thinking is just this much of the way that God sees and knows and thinks. And that's why he talks to us in different ways. I mean, he talks to us in all sorts of ways. We can only talk verbally or by written word, can't we? And now there's emails and things like that, but it's still written word. But God, he can talk He can give us revelation as we read written word. He can speak to us um, uh, verbally, like a verbal voice. He can speak in our heart to us. He speaks to us by a still, small voice. He even gives us dreams and visions. There's no end to the way God can speak to us. So much more than the way we... We can't send a dream to someone else. Have you ever tried to? (laughs) Have you ever been successful? I doubt it. <laughs> so yeah, so we, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit, so much so, 
You know, the things of God might not make sense to man, but they certainly make sense to him. And they, they work so much better than anything that man can do. So let's make sure that we're spending that time with the Holy Spirit and asking him to show us, to speak to us. And sometimes that might mean going somewhere quiet, you know, but not just once in 2022. Make it a regular thing. Because we, we need to be still to hear him. Have you ever tried? It, it's not that easy. It's not impossible, but it's tricky if your mind's full of stuff to hear what God's saying to you, eh? It's really hard. But he, he, you'll know, when, when you get to know God quite well, you, you learn that he can speak to you in lots of different ways. And, uh, and so it's important now, and I really feel an urgency to this, it's really important that we learn to hear his voice and be obedient. Another thing, number four, is that we're in blood covenant with God. So when Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, it meant that the sin debt of mankind had been paid. Isn't that cool? And that if we choose to make Jesus our Lord and Savior, we'd be in blood covenant with Almighty God. Now, a blood covenant's a really serious thing, and it's been used um, between people for centuries. And it was usually done <clears throat> when one per or two people... Actually, let me just have a look what I've got here. It, it was usually made between two individuals or two tribes even where both had something that the other needed, basically, is what, what that's about. And a blood covenant was sealed when the blood of two individuals was mingled. And that what they'd do is they'd cut their palm and then shake hands and mingle their blood. And the way that God... entered into covenant with Abraham because God couldn't literally mix blood, was he said, okay, well, a substitute's needed. And so that substitute was the blood of a, a perfect animal, an animal that was without blemish and without any issues. It wasn't a perfect substitute, and that's why it had to be repeated, repeated because it would only cover the sin of Israel for a certain amount of time. But when Jesus died on the cross, the blood of man and God was, was actually mingled. Do you know how? Jesus was God and man. Jesus was both God and man. And that, when you get a revelation of that, wow, that's, that's such a powerful thing. Because... He, Jesus was the only man who ever lived who never sinned. And because of that, his sacrifice was enough to redeem mankind from that point onwards. And never again would a sacrifice have to be made. That's cool, eh? So we're in blood covenant with God because when we've made Jesus our Lord and Saviour, we become part of that covenant. It's good, eh? 
because we're joint heirs. Jesus said he's made us joint heirs. With, we've been made joint heirs with Christ Jesus, it says in Romans 8, 16 and 17. We're children of God and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Isn't that cool? So that blood covenant comes with all sorts of cool things. It means, it means that not only do we, does God have things that he does for us, but there's things we do for him. Because remember before I said that with a blood covenant, it's, there's, two, there's two sides and, and both have something the other needs. Now God loves us, he wants us as his children, which we are, but what can we do? We can pray. We can be obedient to the Holy Spirit. We can walk in his presence and be led by the Spirit. And we can make sure we're doing things like healing the sick, casting out demons, setting people free. Those are the things that we need to be doing. And, uh, and Jesus gave us that great commission, didn't he? Just before he went to heaven. So that is something that we need to be doing in 2022. We need to be in, in that frame of mind. And it might mean a mindset change for some of us. But you know what? God hasn't left us as orphans as it says in the Bible. He's actually given us everything we need to be successful. And one of those things is that he's also given us authority. You know, as joint heirs with Christ Jesus, we've also been delegated authority. So we have power over all the power of the enemy. <clears throat> That's amazing. Luke ten nineteen says that. Do you know what that means? We've been authorized to heal diseases. We've been authorized to cure sickness. We've been authorized to cast out demons. We've been authorized to see people delivered and set free. We've been authorized to destroy the works of the enemy, not only in our lives, though, and this is where we need to make sure that we're thinking big. It's not just for us. We need to destroy the works of darkness in our community and in our nation. And uh, I really love how God is drawing the body of Christ together, at least parts of the body, of the ones that are open, I think, to it, perhaps it could be. There are, I love that there is becoming a more of a unity in the body of Christ. Um, that's important. But it doesn't, uh, doesn't mean that the local church isn't important either because we are a church fa family and so we need to be connected all right, so, you know, the overall goal for healing and deliverance, do you know what that means, what it is? It's to make disciples. That's the whole point of it. Healing, deliverance, the purpose is to make disciples. It's more than just getting people saved. It's, we've got to do more than that. It's not just that. That's not it. That is a bit of it, but that is not it. And we need to make sure we're discipling them so that they can live a victorious life and then go on and repeat it. Repeat it. 
And that's where we need to focus in 2022. Heal the sick, free people from the enemy's slavery, and connect with them and make, them dis and make disciples. And doing that will fulfill the Great Commission. And you know, God said, and this is the sixth point, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul quoted Jesus in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, a, a definition of God's grace, and this is one maybe that you haven't heard before, is God's enabling power. So that means that grace is God's enabling power to do what needs to be done and to walk through to victory. That's cool, eh? So it's God's enabling power. God's grace is God's enabling power. He enables us by his grace. Paul went on in verse 10 to say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So when I put me, when I put me and my will and my own plans aside, Knowing I can't, I can't do what needs to be done in my own strength anyway. I actually can't do it in my own strength. Anyone else realize that? <laughs> we can get so far and then we'll crash and burn. <laughs> and then we might pick ourselves up again, maybe. <laughs> but honestly, it's, we have to surrender to God. Because when we do that, it actually doesn't become hard anymore. It's so much easier. Oh, my goodness. When... Um, I remember thinking, years ago I was, I was um, leading children's ministry here, and some people sometimes would say to me, oh man, that's a big job, do you find that hard? And I'd say, actually, no, it's actually really easy. I found it, I was in the right place, and I was relying on, this, on God's grace, God's enabling power. And so, no, it actually wasn't hard. I've, it was invigorating, and I enjoyed it, and it was, it was great. It's interesting, though, eh, because then God moves you on into another area, and so then it becomes hard if you try and stay in that area. <laughs> and if, if the grace of God is not on you anymore in that area, then it becomes like a real chore, and so, so uh, yeah, that was, that was sort of a revelation I had back then with that. So when we fully surrender to God, that's when we're strong. Because it's like allowing Jesus to take the driver's seat. He, he can take the driver's seat and take control. And uh, he doesn't drive like a three-year-old. He doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't drive like a three-year-old. He's the best driver of my life, far better than me, far better than me. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember um, I had to go in a while back, quite a long time ago now, for some surgery. And I was thinking, it was just minus, reasonably minor surgery. But I said to look to God, I was thinking, man, actually, God, I really... I was thinking as I, it was sort of almost too late really to, to, to walk back on it because I was sitting in the like, I was in everything already like about to be operated on. And I was thinking, oh man, I just pray Father God for the anointing on these surgeons because I was thinking even though they're highly trained, 
compared to Jesus, the great physician, they would be like three-year-olds, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I just was like, Lord, thank you, Father God. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, but now I just, I've been really thanking God for, for a revelation of healing and, and an understanding of that. And, you know, if you feel that you need healing, then that's a good thing that you've recognized it. That's really good that you've recognized it. But, you know, the healing anointing is there all the time. And, and sometimes, you know, it, 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 it's important for us to get our eyes off ourselves and pray for other people, actually. Pray for other people. We will have the victory. We definitely will. So Jesus is our source. And that the only time we find true strength is, is when we surrender to God everything in our life and allow him to do. And that's when his strength is made perfect in us. It would have taken the grace of God, the enabling power of God, for Jesus to do what he had to do, wouldn't it? He knew. He knew what was coming. And yet he was willing to do it because he knew that it would redeem all of us and all the people that have been born before us from that moment and that will be born after us. So I'm really thankful that Jesus made that sacrifice for us. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient means enough. It means that if you're walking with me, my grace is enough for what I have for you to do. So just be comforted in that. God will lead you to victory. Now, I just want to say one more thing, and this is not a long message, because I'm nearly done. And I'm going to hand back to Brownie. <laughs> a hindrance to victory is fear. Did you know, and I just recently found this out, Fear actually suppresses our immune system. Apparently anger does as well. But fear does. And there's been a lot of fear, hasn't there? There's been a lot of fear. So it's so important that we remember that it does have an effect on our physical body. Fear does. And it works against our faith. But God said in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So, God's not given us a spirit of fear. So, if we allow fear, it will stop us in our tracks and prevent us stepping out in faith. So, some, what that might mean that, that, that we need to turn some things off. Um... You know, whatever God's leading you to do in 2022, that's cool. But we won't be freed from fear on social media, listening to people's opinions on Facebook or Twitter or Telegram or any of the other ones. We don't, sometimes that can be okay to go on there, that's fine. But if you find yourself getting fearful, then, oh boy, that's past beyond time then to turn it off. Same with the television and all of those kinds of things, you know. Fear 
we cannot allow a spirit of fear to affect us because that will hinder our stepping out in faith and it will hinder our our victory as well. So never allow fear to rob you of your destiny. Never, ever. You know, God has so much for us in 2022. I'm really excited about it. We, we will have a, a change in 2022. We will, we will, it's a good thing because, you know, when we, when we move forward, we have to have some change, don't we? And did you feel a bit out of your comfort zone today with these chairs? <laughs> Isn't it funny how something simple like that makes you like, whoa, now where am I supposed to sit? <laughs> I'm going to have to find a new spot. So, yeah, but it is for a wedding. But, yeah, God is, God is amazing. Um, I'm excited for 2022. I think we, 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 I really encourage you over the next few weeks to spend some time in God's presence. I mean, that should be a lifestyle for you anyway. But seek God and ask him, what is it he wants you to do? What is it that you need to set as a goal? What is it that, that he's wanting you to step out in? Not only as an individual, but also in, our, in church as well. You know, we're, we're a church family, um, and families work together eh, so to accomplish the goal. And so, you know, God's got so much for us to do, and he's got a job for all of us as well. So I just really wanted to encourage you at this time that God's grace is sufficient for us. And uh, Brownie, would you like to? So I just wanted to. to. Hey, how how good a word. How about a round of applause for the word, amen? Man. Psalm 27 verse 1, this is one of my favorite scriptures actually. It was one of the first scriptures even before I was a Christian. It says, um, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And that was one of the first scriptures that I ever got hold of, that and the one about taking the plank from your own eyes. Um, two clangers there if you want to read them later. Man, you know, grace. You know, I've been thinking about this. I've been in the, in the Lord 25 years. Yeah, okay, don't bang on about it. Don't um, I've been going on it 25 years, and I still need God's grace every single day. Why? Because I'm not perfect. I can't do things perfect. You know, if I did, I wouldn't need Jesus. You know, and if I think I'm uh, perfect, then I think that I'm up there, you know, with that. So the grace of God allows us to live above all this rubbish in the world. That's what it's going to do. The grace is going to give you the strength and the ability and the peace or whatever you need to live above all the rubbish while it's going on until you can sort it out. And why does he want you up there? So you can have clarity. So you're not caught up in all the mess down the bottom. You've got clarity looking up the top. Amen? Amen.